1: Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of our show here. Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here to talk about yet another New York Giants debacle. Sunday's 37-21 to 21 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers, game that that wasn't nearly as close as a 16-point margin. Uh, M, good morning. And, and, and I, I don't even know where to begin today.
0: <laughs> yes. Good morning to you. Although the morning really doesn't feel that good. I think if you're a Giants fan today,
1: not a whole lot feels good. If you're a Giants fan today, no. let's be honest.
0: No, that's very true.
1: <laughs> I, I just, I don't know where to begin. I think for one of the very few times in the almost fifteen years now that I've been doing kudos and wet willies reviews of of Giants games, I thought long and hard about doing a kudos and wet willies today without any kudos. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I'll be honest: the only reason that I think I even gave any kudos because the Luke the kudos for the Giants are are lukewarm at best mm-hmm. the only reason I gave any kudos was because I really felt the need to talk about how good Justin Herbert is
0: yeah absolutely no I almost writing the recap yesterday I almost put a Justin Herbert section but I' thought I, that- I wouldn't have blamed you <laughs> That's But maybe I'll keep that in mind. Hopefully we're not in this position again when we're facing a, a, just a really good quarterback who totally outplays us. But I I completely agree his performance yesterday. I mean, I feel like he proves again and again, week after week, that not only is he just a very good quarterback, but he can make plays that no one else in the league can make. I mean the 59 yard throw at the end of the of the first half is of course the first one that comes to mind and that was just stunning. You almost couldn't you couldn't be mad about it even as a Giants fan because it was just incredible to watch. And he was like that throughout the entire game.
1: As you were talking it just dawned on me em. we really didn't need to write a word yesterday. We didn't <laughs> need to write a single word. All we no. needed was a meme of a crying Dave Gettleman mm. next to a picture of Justin Herbert throwing the ball, mm. and we could have just said, that's a wrap, we're done, forget it, that's, that's all it. we need.
0: That's <laughs> it. There, there would have been nothing more to say. That would encompass Giants fans' feelings, and then we could just put a photo of Herbert, and that would sum up the game, I think. I think that's it.
1: I, I, that, that That's all we needed. You know, why, <laughs> why do I have my best ideas when it's too late?
0: Ugh. We'll, to, we'll keep it in mind moving forward.
1: <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. I mean, Justin Herbert is is an incredible, incredible player. But, but once again, I find myself looking at a Giants game and thinking, you know, as we move on from Justin Herbert, that was an incredible 65-yard throw. Mm-hmm. But I, I just find myself thinking that it's unfathomable how bad the, the New York Giants are. I have to say, I entered this season not thinking that the Giants would be some sort of 12-13 win team and, and and run away with the NFC East, mm-hmm. but I thought that this was a 500-ish team that would be somewhere in the vicinity of 8 wins maybe you know maybe 7 maybe 9 maybe 10 if things went perfectly i didn't see this coming i didn't see this kind of regression coming they they look like a jv football team sometimes it's it's ridiculous
0: Yeah, no, they they absolutely do. I mean, I think the first two minutes uh, or the last two minutes of the first half really serve as a very good kind of microcosm for this season. It wasn't going great, and then somehow it it just got even worse. I mean, I think the Giants got the ball back with a minute 40 left. I think they had the ball for definitely less than a minute before giving it back to the Chargers, and they allowed the Chargers to – Drive. I mean, I guess they didn't really drive all the way down the field because Justin Herbert just threw a monster of a pass, but they allowed them to score, and now they're fifty-nine and oh, in the final two minutes of the first half. And I, I mean, and and then there was a weird on, uh, not onside kick, but there was a weird thing that happened on special teams after that. It was just, it was just a really, really messy two minutes. And I think that number, the fifty-nine and oh, is really just kind of indicative of just the larger issues and of things just really falling apart on all sides of the ball.
1: Em, you're a smart girl. It seems like you read big blue view and you're, and, and you're, you're, you're throwing my words into the show here. I like that. I like that. All right. I, seem I, always, to have, I
0: always read. I've got to read. I,
1: I, I seem to have used that word this morning, microcosm. And, 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 and it actually, it actually is a perfect word That minute and 40 seconds at the end of the first half, you could could shake your head and say, you know, bad things happen sometimes. But there seems to be some sort of sequence week after week lately that just sums up how bad the Giants are. I mean, they needed – they take the ball at the 41-yard line. They need six yards – to put right. Graham Gano in decent field position. Right. Throw a screen pass. Hand the ball to Saquon twice. Mm-hmm. Instead, they go incomplete pass. Pass for, for a loss of two yards. Incomplete pass. 18-yard mm-hmm. punt that I could have hit. Mm-hmm. And then they give up the pass to Justin Herbert. And, and as much as... You know, no human being should be able to throw the ball 65 yards just as they're about to get hit and have it be right on target.
0: Right.
1: Logan Ryan and Xavier McKinney are too good to allow that to happen. Yeah. They practiced against it all week. They knew what Justin Herbert was capable of. And they allowed a wide receiver to run right down the middle of the field in between the two of them and get behind them for a touchdown that made the second half irrelevant. I just – that whole minute and 40 seconds is absolutely, you know, emblematic of everything that's gone wrong with the Giants this year.
0: Yeah. No, it absolutely is because, you know, we saw – we saw the offense not being able to stay on the field to put anything together. And then we saw the defense not being able to stop the Chargers. And and then we saw and then we saw special teams also struggling. I mean that that kind of got established from the beginning. We know that Joe Judge always likes to play the field position game, but once again, Riley Dixon's punts were not were, were did not give the Giants any advantage. You know they they ended up in the end zone, or he had one punt that was what sixteen yards, eighteen yards, eighteen or something?
1: yards. Like I said, I could yes. have hit that. I think that was my punting <laughs> average in eighth grade.
0: I I feel like that's probably true of most eighth graders. I I don't understand. Like <laughs> it and it's it wouldn't have taken much. I mean they're on they're at midfield, forty yard line, and each like an eighteen yard punt is just. It's, it's just frustrating because we know that judge likes to play this field position game, but the punts aren't really, they aren't getting the job done. I mean, Dixon had the one, I think that was 63 yards. So he had the mm-hmm. one really, really strong one. And then the rest were, they didn't, they didn't help. So I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, the special teams performance combined with how the offense and the defense played was really all summed up in those final two minutes and then entering the second half, it just, it was difficult to really find anything to root for. I mean, the Giants were completely shut out in the third quarter. It was all Chargers and any touchdown we scored in the fourth quarter was kind of a garbage time touchdown. It didn't really mean anything.
1: Yeah, you know, like like I said, the second half was was academic because you just knew that if the game was was competitive at all, you knew the Giants couldn't get to twenty-four. So the second half was right. was completely academic. It was just, you know, run out the clock. But mm-hmm. you, you're looking at, like you said, special teams week after week things things break down, whether it's the punts, whether it's penalties, mm-hmm. whether it's really poor blocking on on in the return game. It's a really bad look, you know, for a head coach who who has has built his resume on special Mm -hmm. teams. The offense, the the Giants fired Jason Garrett, and yes, Daniel Jones is hurt. But, Em, how do you justify going into a game against the 31st-ranked run defense in the NFL? Running 28 plays in the first half and only running the football nine times with your backup quarterback in the game. I don't I don't have any idea right what the Giants thought they were trying to accomplish.
0: Right. It's it was it was very confusing to see. I mean, since Barkley's return, it feels like we haven't seen a lot of him on the field. It, it seemed like that maybe started to improve slightly yesterday but I think that's more of a reflection of just how little rushing attempts he was getting in previous games. It's confusing why the Giants didn't try to utilize that more. I mean, it seems like they almost started you on on the first drive of the game and and then and then it just kind of evaporated after that. I mean, we didn't really see a whole lot of Barkley or Booker in the game. I'm not I don't know. It's, it's confusing. It's confusing. We know that this offense is in flux right now with Garrett, with Garrett gone and Freddie kitchens calling the plays, but that just seems that seems easy, especially because playing a Chargers team that's definitely better than the giants. It's only helpful to try to shorten the game, which running the ball inherently does. So there's a lot of reasons to try to run the ball. You're, you know, embracing a weakness of the chargers and then you can hopefully try to shorten the game. And, and, the Giants—they did not do that. I'm—I'm I'm not really—I'm not really sure why it is. It's—it's it's very confusing.
1: Yeah, it's—it's it, it's mind-boggling, is what it is. And then defensively, you know, we talked about special teams. Defensively, I don't even know what to say. There were times when it looked like the Chargers were toying with the Giants and doing whatever they felt like doing. Mm-hmm. There was a stretch, and I know. I know I was kind of butting into your recap last night as you were trying to finish it, and I'm mm-hmm. sending you graphics like "M, look at this." Chargers <laughs> scored on seven out of eight mm-hmm. possessions. That's all we need to say. They, no, so, they scored visual. on seven out of eight possessions.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: mm-hmm. like you've got to be kidding me. I love Patrick Graham. I think the Giants have some good pieces on defense, but they and but especially with Leonard Williams hurt. They have some good pieces. There are situations in which they can play really well, but they don't have enough dynamic game-changing players on defense. And I'm sorry. They have a couple of players, <clears throat> Logan Ryan,
0: mm-hmm. who,
1: who are not nearly as good as they believe that they are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it shows when you get up against the the better quarterbacks and the better teams in the league.
0: Yeah, Logan Ryan was exactly who I who I thought of. So it's you know it's yeah. funny that you that you went there as well. No, it, I mean it seems like the defense was trending upwards in the last six weeks or so. It seemed like they were turning a corner and they looked like the defense of last season. And I'm with you. I also I also really like Patrick Graham. And I and this is a very good. Chargers team. I mean, I didn't expect us to be holding them to, you know, two touchdowns or something like that. This is a very good team. But I mean, 37 points. I guess you also have to keep in mind though how much the defense was on the field yesterday. Cause the the offense wasn't at all. Defense, Chargers had the ball for 34 minutes. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's not, you know, that's not gonna help a defense that is already still trying to kind of find its footing, that's not going to help them. If, if they're just on the field even more, they have an injury to Leonard Williams. And, you know, it's just, that's not going to give them any other advantage. The offense isn't helping them at out, helping them out whatsoever. And so, I mean, not to take the blame off of them, it wasn't a strong performance overall, but like we said, it goes back to the defense. I mean, the defense was or it goes back to the offense, excuse me, the offense wasn't putting anything together either and wasn't maintaining possession of the ball.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, though, that that what what games like that one point out and what games like, you know, even week five against Dallas, I think when the Cowboys put up 44 points is that while there is some ability on that defense and some good players, that that there needs to be more that, that there's just not enough, but you're right. Most of this comes back to most of this comes back to the giants inability to play functional offense. And I know Daniel Jones wasn't there. And yet, and yet they weren't playing good offense, even with Jones Jones gives them a better chance, but they still weren't playing good offense, even with Daniel Jones. So it's 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 mystifying. It's frustrating after all of the effort and all of the money and all of the resources in the draft right. and everything that they put into this. It's amazing that that they can't even play offense at a functional NFL level. And, and some of the some of the trick plays. Please right. let's not let's let's not see a double reverse screen pass I, ever I again. I was
0: just going to say that. Why are we? What we cannot. Do plays like that if we can't even just run like a screen pass at the right time. Like, we no. shouldn't be <laughs> complicating matters. It's, it's, it's very, I was going to say the same thing. It's very, very confusing. We're just not good enough to be doing plays like that.
1: No. And then what they run, they ran trick plays, I think, on two out of three plays.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, how is that going to work? No. I, 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 they, they just need to, yes, they need better offensive linemen and yes, they need to figure out how to get better production out of Kenny Galladay. And yes, they need Mm -hmm. the 2018 version of Saquon Barkley, which I just don't know if that guy's there anymore. Mm -hmm. And yes, they need Kadarius Toney to be on the field. They need, They need their playmakers to be what they expected them to be. They need better offensive linemen, Mm -hmm. but they also, they also need some sort of coherent approach to what they're trying to do. They look like a completely different team on offense every single week. They look, they still look like I had this criticism of Jason Garrett to me. You know, saying that 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 it looked like they were throwing darts at the board and hoping something would stick.
0: Yeah.
1: And and to me, that's how it looked yesterday. Some wow. of it reeked of desperation, yeah. it reeked of having nothing that they could hang their hat on, nothing that they believed in. Yeah. And, and it's it, it it's amazing that that you're you're 14 weeks into the season. And you're looking at the Giants and trying to figure out, is there anything that they actually do well on offense?
0: Right, right. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, there it just speaks to a total lack of identity. And I'm not saying that an offense that just lost its offensive coordinator should have a, an extremely established identity. But like you said, there's no consistency. And I think that you can base your identity a little bit off of the other team, the the other team's defense. You can look at their weaknesses and then go off of that and say, okay, for this week, because at this point we're just trying to get through the season. So for this week, like you said earlier, let's run the ball. Let's that. Let's just do that again and again and again, let's, and, yeah. and, and see what happens. It's like what the Patriots did against the Bills on that on the Monday night game. That at, was. At the, I mean, it's at not, the
1: very but, least, I think you said this earlier. At the very least, keep number ten off the field,
0: right? Right. Exactly. There's, there's just exactly. There's no, exactly. There's no reason for it. Just keep running the ball and and see and kind of see what lands there and see if we can find openings, give Barkley a chance. Clearly this isn't really going anywhere long-term this season. So let's at least try to let him get some momentum and get his feet under him and see how we can balance Barkley and Booker and see how that can work in tandem. And I just, I think that should have been the identity yesterday, and that should have been the game plan. I'm not saying we need to have an established long term identity. You know, like like the Eagles this season are just a running team. All of a sudden, I'm not saying that we need to establish that right now, but just week by week, pick something and just try to focus on it and try to have an approach that that has some cohesion to it. And that I I think desperation is a good word for it. It just looked messy. It looked like. It was like, let's pick this play. And we put our finger on a play, and that's what we called. It mm-hmm. didn't really make spin, any sense. S-
1: spin, spin the wheel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> spin the happens. wheel and play. It's like a game. We can yep.
1: play. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, you know, and, and of course, Em, all of this leads us back to Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. And and we talked about Joe a week ago, and, and everybody who – Reads Big Blue View, everybody who listens to me on on these shows knows how I feel about Joe Judge, knows how I think the Giants feel about Joe Judge. They desperately want him to succeed. They desperately want him to be back next season. What they're looking for is some, some sign of improvement, some sign that things are getting better, some reason other than this vague idea that they think he's a great leader of people, Mm -hmm. you know, to bring him back next year. And, and at this point, I like Joe, I think that there's still potential in Joe to be a really good head coach. But at this point, the only reason that I can put on the table to bring Joe back next season is that they simply don't want to blow things up again and go through another rebuild after two years with a head coach. The only reason I can give you is, is that they might want to give this one more year to see if it'll change. But I think the line that I used last night is that, is that, you know, Joe is, is like a political candidate at this point, who is just not running a very good campaign.
0: Mm, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's well said. I mean, I think the argument for keeping judges similar, you know, we did a round table last week on whether or not the giant shouldn't en- kind of engage in the Russell Wilson rumors. Um, but I think we talked about it on, on the podcast last week that this, the same reason to keep Judge is the same reason to keep Daniel Jones too. I mean, there are different reasons to keep both, but it's the reason to, for both of them to stay is just so that there's some consistency and some stability on an offense that has been just completely in flux, and that you hope with you know two first round draft picks this coming season can maybe find some mainstay, concrete players who can anchor a team. I you know I. I think that's the thing with Judge is that he it's not it's not clear that getting rid of him is going to, you know, kind of impose this consistency that we're really looking for at this point. And and so it's kind of like the devil, you know, is better than the one you don't. And at least we know what we're getting here. At least maybe we're working towards something. And you, you just hope that it clicks, but I agree. It just, it, it seems like it would be too much to let him go at the end of this season. And I don't think the Giants want to, like you
1: said. No, I don't think they want to. I think they desperately want this to work. And I still think they're going to give this a chance to, to work no matter who the general manager is next year. I, again, listening to Joe last night, the one thing I wanted to hear in his post-game press conference is I wanted to hear this is unacceptable, period. I wanted to hear this is unacceptable. And and yet we didn't hear that. We heard he was somber. You could tell he, he knew it wasn't acceptable. You could tell he knew it had to be better. Mm-hmm. And, and yet what we still heard was Joe trying really, really hard not to criticize the players in the locker room Although he, you know, he said a few times, he said, we practiced these situations. We practiced the fake punt in, you know, over and over and over and completed it every time. You know, we practiced over and over against the deep ball from Justin Herbert, and we still let a wide receiver run past us. You could tell, you know, that there was some frustration on his part because he thought they were prepared for those situations and it just didn't work. But I I will tell you this, Joe started talking last night about how he sees foundational pieces being laid. He said there are things that you can't see externally that that he feels like are showing progress in the organization. And that sounds like a coach who thinks he's coming back next year, but it also sounds like a coach trying to convince – convince himself that, that things are going to turn eventually.
0: Right.
1: And, and I was not in California last night. I was not on that call that the only reporters on that call were, were reporters in California. There is an opportunity a little bit later on today to speak to coach judge via zoom. And I will be honest, the question I want to ask Joe is what are the foundational pieces that you're talking yeah. about? What is it that you see that that should make the fan base feel like this is going to turn?
0: I, I mean I, that's what yeah. I was going to ask too.
1: <laughs> yeah I I, I I want I want to hear him tell us what he sees. He probably won't. He'll probably give us a vague answer, but I, but I think he needs to be asked. I mean, because we talked about cornerstone players a while back and I see Andrew Thomas. I see Dexter Lawrence. Mm -hmm. I see Leonard Williams. I see Xavier McKinney. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not sure about Daniel Jones. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure about Saquon Barkley. I'm not sure about Kadarius Tony. I'm not sure about Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about anybody else on the roster. That's four cornerstone players on a 53-man roster. That's not mm-hmm. going to cut it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's the fact that we can list them off is almost. The problem, you know, we should mm-hmm. be saying who we should be listing who to get rid of and who doesn't fit. And maybe that takes one to two hands and that's it. But the fact that we're using one to two hands to list the players that we think can or should stay is already part of the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. I So
0: I'd be very curious. I also think the judge will not really give a lot of a lot of detail upon being asked that question. But I, I'm I'm not I'm not even curious in a nosy way. I genuinely would like to know what he means by that because I think you know as a fan or as someone who covers the team closely, I I don't see a lot of foundational pieces in place even at the player well, or coach level. So well, I, it's confusing.
1: You c- you can continue to talk about progress, and you can continue to talk about process, and you can continue to talk about foundational pieces you know being built and yet what it comes down to is what we see on Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. and and Joe talks all the time about playing your best football at the end of the year and I know that the Giants are missing Daniel Jones and I know that they have more players on IR than any other team in the league but those things are part of the problem when you continue to bring in players with injury histories, yeah. when you continue to be in a situation where you have no other choice but to put your quarterback in harm's way week after week after week by using him as a runner, mm-hmm. when you know that, that Daniel Jones is fast and he's competitive and he's aggressive, but Daniel Jones has zero ability to, to make people miss in the open field Mm -hmm. or to avoid getting hit.
0: Right.
1: And, and those things are, are part of, of the problem. And so it comes down to, you know, it comes down to results and the results are that the giants are, 10 and what is it now? 10 and 19 in judges, 29 games. The results are that this appears to be going backward instead of forward, that, that the performances seem to be getting worse instead of better. So, so I, I think he needs to be asked. He needs, he needs to, to whether he, whether he deflects or not, he needs to be asked what he sees that we should feel good about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think at this point. I mean, I think the the division the Giants are in per, is unique in that there's been a lot of coaching turnover in recent seasons. So you don't have to really look far to see how other franchises have handled it. And I think sometimes that's useful because if you're a Giants fan and you're trying to evaluate judge, you know, it's 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 easy to sort of be like, okay, well, it's the second season. We're still figuring things out. A complete turnaround doesn't happen that quickly, et cetera, et cetera. But looking no further than the three other teams in the league, does that not? It starts to make a little bit less sense. I mean, Ron Rivera's in his second season. Washington was on was surging until getting beaten by Dallas yesterday. Mike McCarthy second season, Nick Sirianni first season. And all of these teams have better records than the Giants or, or at least in playoff conversation, all of them. And so it just, I mean, it's probably true across the NFL, but you just, you really don't have to look far to realize that this, this isn't necessarily normal. I think that rebuilding takes some patience for sure. But I mean, the other teams in the division don't have to be as patient as we need to be. So I think it just provokes some larger questions.
1: Right. The last thing I'll say is this. Back a few weeks ago, I was asked a mailbag question for our Saturday morning mailbag. And I was asked if coaches who, who were given a third season in situations like Joe Judge, if there were examples of coaches given a third season after two bad years were able to turn things around there is one current example which you can which is who's zach taylor in cincinnati okay other than that you have to go you have i i because i looked this up you have to go back you have to go back Decades to find most of these examples of coaches who had two really bad seasons at the start of their careers Mm -hmm. and then turned things around. Almost always, when you look at coaches who have long term success in the NFL, almost always you look at bad, bad first season, noticeable progress on the field in their second year so if the Giants give Joe a third year and if things turn around for Joe and the Giants next year that will still be you know flying in the face of history and flying in the face of how this usually works I can I I can understand bringing Joe back Mm -hmm. but but you're, but you're climbing uphill to, to, to try to turn this around.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. I didn't know where it stood within the rest of the league and just how uncommon it is. Um, But you know, this is the NFL level. It really, it shouldn't take this long to try to turn around a team or just try to see steps of improvement. I mean, there's obviously a lot of factors involved, but the fact that, like you said, if, for judge to turn around his third season would be rare. I mean, I feel like that kind of speaks to sort of the larger pattern of, of history and that the fact that they haven't taken even some steps forward seems very out of character for most teams. And so, I mean, like we've said, I, I don't think judge goes anywhere. I think the giants desperately want to be right about him. I, I really, really do. Um but it's it's interesting to note that this is not how turnarounds typically go um, with winning coaches. So, I mean, it's it just it's it doesn't give you a lot to be hopeful about, honestly.
1: And I know we haven't talked about Dave Gettleman, and I, I, mm-hmm. we we go back and forth on this a little bit. I, I almost feel like it's somewhat pointless. We know what the mistakes are that Gettleman has made over the years. We know what the mistakes have been in roster construction. We know that the Giants threw money at a wide receiver this year who's not giving them the production that they're paying him for. We know that the number two overall pick in the 2018 draft is not – giving the giants what they expected. We know that Dave has done a lot of things that, that haven't helped. And that's, and that, and that a lot of this is on him. We know that, but I'm not sure how, how constructive it is to, to hammer away at Dave at this point, because I'm pretty sure he's not going to be there next year. I'm pretty sure that, that, that the giants are going to have a new GM and, 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 and and that that uh you know maybe that person will have some some new ideas but i'm just not sure how much how how how, how much it's worth you know banging away at dave at this point because i mean he hasn't gotten the job done and he's going to be ceding that job to someone else here shortly and and we go from there
0: yeah i i completely agree i think especially cuz the giants really want to keep judge around the only way they can kind of honestly do that is is with the new GM, because I think that's the only reason you can think that a franchise is going to turn around. So, no, I agree. It's really not even worth I I, have, I don't even have anything against Gettleman personally. I, I just it's just it's just time. And that's really kind of all there is to say about it at this point. It's just run its course.
1: Yeah, it has. Em and I think. I think this show has run its course because <laughs> I just don't know if I can talk about this stuff anymore today.
0: I, I feel like we did a pretty good job of, with what we had to work with, all things well, considered.
1: All right. I think, I, I think we ran a better offense than the Giants did.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> all right. Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on Big Blue View Radio, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.